You're listening to a CFMS podcast. Welcome to the Life as a Doctor to Be podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the speakers during these episodes are their own and do not reflect the express opinions of the CFMS. So as I'm leaving the conference room, I realize that I accidentally took my staff's purse instead of my own. So I try to subtly switch them, but obviously it's not really working because everyone's still wondering what I'm doing. But as I bend down, I realize that my coffee mug is open and I watch in like slow motion and truly pure agony as my coffee just spills all over my staff's jacket. fellow medical students, and thank you for joining us on this first real episode of Life as a Doctor-to-be. Today, we have four of our co-hosts present. There's Karine, Dakota, Peter, and myself, Audrey. Karine, Dakota, and I are clerks who are starting our fourth year of medical school, and Peter is starting his second. Today's episode is called Expectations versus Reality because we will be spending the next hour comparing the expectations we had before entering med school with the actual reality that we were faced with when we started. The four of us hope that you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. I guess I'll open up the floor of this discussion with a question for everyone. What drove you guys to applying to med school in the first place? Uh, Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Dakota, um, and I guess I'll get things started today. Uh, So when I was in high school, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I did know a couple of things. I knew that I enjoyed school. I was good at it and that I wanted to go to university. But beyond that, I was kind of listless. Uh, I had an advisor who suggested I try for medical school because I had an interest in science. I had no idea about medicine as a career. None of my family members or friends are in the medical field. And so it was kind of this black box for me. But this suggestion gave me a direction, which is what I think I really needed at that time. Uh, And then as I went through my undergraduate years, there are many times that I considered other fields. Uh, I think part of that stems from the fact that I I guess at the beginning, I didn't really have a passion for medicine, so to speak. Uh, But it's something that developed over time as I played with different career ideas in my head. They didn't seem to fit. Um, The one guiding principle, I guess, so to speak, is that I knew I wanted to do something that would, you know, help leave the world a better place than I found it, so to speak. Uh, And I found that I really liked working with people. And especially liked being able to be there for them, you know, when they're scared, worried and vulnerable as they are in a doctor's office, in a clinic, in the hospital. And I think that really clicked for me. And that's why I ultimately, despite the circuitous route I took, ended up where I thought I would coming out of high school in medicine. And uh, I'm really happy that I ended up where I am. Um, Hi, everyone. So I guess I'll go next. Um, So for my part, I guess as many other kids growing up, um, the idea of being a doctor was kind of always in the back of my mind. But kind of similarly to uh, Dakota, I remember um, meeting with my school advisor to really see um, if it was something I really wanted to do later in life. And that happened um, in Sejep. So uh, and afterwards, I remember coming to the conclusion that I definitely wanted to throw myself into something that would be more um, people oriented all while being uh, stimulating and filled with challenges on a daily basis, as well as having my reasoning abilities being put to the test and um, with the perk of being surrounded by people I could work with. So at that point, I viewed medicine as a potential good choice. Um, And also I realized that I also love the idea of having um, many medical specialties on the horizon by the end of uh, the medical program to pick from. And um, that seemed to be that 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 seemed to meant to be um, to suit every personality. So it sort of felt like I would be um, going on an adventure filled with many possibilities. My name is Peter. I didn't have a a sweet guidance counselor to direct me on uh, what exactly to do, but I think my guidance counselor wanted me to like, it was like something in like working in like a water treatment plant. It was just like the most brutal recommendation. But um, I think like for me, like I didn't really have any experiences. Like I think for medicine, it was like pretty much like a calculated choice. Like I knew that I had like a set of like, 
I wouldn't say like criteria, but like boxes that I just wanted to like meet, you know, I guess that is a criteria. Um, like I wanted something like stimulating. I wanted to have like some kind of like personal impact on people, like where I was making that positive uh, difference, like Dakota mentioned. I know I really didn't want a desk job. I had a couple of jobs in, uh, in high school and I just, I hated it. Um, the job security and, you know, not having to worry about uh, money as much was also like a pretty big perk as well. Um, but yeah, like I think for me, the, the biggest like pull was like, you know, thinking I'm going to be working those like eight hour days, probably more now that I'm in medicine, they're like 12 hour days. Um, but like after working that long day, like just being able to look back and like pick out specific moments where like, you know, hey, like if you weren't there, like that person wouldn't be as well as they are now. Like, I think I'm I'm really invested in that sort of like um, just being able to help people and like having that impact on like a day to day basis rather than like, you know, I engineered something that will help like 100,000 people in the future. Like, I feel like I'm more of like a greedier person that like I want that like. Uh, with like gratitude like immediately I'm not like one of those like delayed gratification yeah for sure um, I mean I, I agree with a lot of what everyone has said be- so far um, I have to say that if I'm being honest like growing up with immigrant parents um, they came to Canada with very little financial security and I guess they didn't want me to live through the difficult experiences that they had scrambling for money or having like job insecurity, really. So from an early age, I was pushed towards the direction of, you know, like medicine, engineering, law, that kind of stuff. So maybe my initial interest as like a 14 year old wasn't really from a place of uh, genuine passion for what I thought medicine was, but Uh, of some parental pressures that I definitely felt. Um, But then as I grew older, I kept reflecting on it. And I thought, you know, I want a job where the bulk of it would be where I interact with other human beings and, and being able to be a safe person for those that I see suffering, whether that be physical or emotional types of suffering. And I think that this special aspect of medicine could I thought that the special aspect of medicine could allow me to have a job where I felt fulfilled um, and that I had meaning. And for that reason, I had a hard time imagining myself being happy in other fields, thinking about sitting like behind a computer at a desk like from 9 to 5 p.m. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that I just couldn't imagine myself being happy working that type of job. Um, just like Peter said, like there's certain parts of medicine where you just get to be present for moments that you otherwise wouldn't be able to be present for uh, doing other jobs in other fields. Something I just wanted to comment on, because uh, a couple of you guys have brought it up now, is uh, the financial aspect of uh, medicine. And while, you know, we're taught that, you know, you shouldn't go into medicine for the money, and I wholeheartedly agree because there are far easier ways to make a lot more money. Um At the end of the day, medicine is a job for everyone. And I think uh, this pressure we feel to like, you know, not talk about the fact that, you know, we have a financial security in our future that a lot of people don't get to enjoy. And that that is a huge perk of the job. I think um, it's wrong to like push that down. And it's okay to acknowledge that that's something that you look for in your career, because I think it's something that everyone looks for in a career. When you talk about the people working nine to five, a lot of them talk about, you know, is my job well paying? Is it going to help me provide for my family in the way that I want to? And I think it's something that medicine struggles to be open with. And uh, I think we would all benefit from, you know, being a little more open uh, with how we feel about certain things, because it's okay. That's how the rest of the world thinks about things too. Uh, we don't have to be different. We don't have to be this noble profession that doesn't care about money and is has these altruistic motives that can't be touched. We're just people. Also, I kind of find it funny too, like a lot of us commented that, you know, you don't want to be stuck behind like a screen or like, at a desk for like any amount of time, but like the more and more that we're kind of getting in that like whole technological realm, like we're, we're becoming the, the thing that we didn't want to become the most. Yeah. I come to think of it. I'm on my family medicine rotation right now. And I think this last week, 80% of my day was spent on the phone with patients and behind a desk typing notes. I, I it's actually surprising. I like it, but um, as someone who didn't want to do a desk job kind of thing, it's funny how much of that I have been doing recently. 
No, for sure. I agree with that sentiment, Peter, that it's like the more you go on to your education, the more you realize how much paperwork and actual desk work there is to do. Like even on my internal medicine rotation, I remember doing admission notes and it's like you spend three, four hours like behind the computer collecting all the information about the patient. And then you spend 10 minutes actually speaking to the patient just to confirm everything you already found in your computer, you know? So I think that although the electronical medical record is a huge advantage for us in terms of patient care continuity it can make that part of the job a lot more prominent than other aspects that I think were more prominent before like actually speaking to the patient and examining them um but yeah no for sure it's been getting worse I feel and I was also going to add that like with the pandemic going on I feel like we're moving towards telemedicine more and more so who knows, maybe we'll all end up behind a desk. <laughs> uh, that, that actually rings true. Uh, it reminds me of a story, actually, of uh, a time that a, a physician that I was shadowing just like straight up sat me down um, and was like, hey, like one thing that no one like that you're ever going to shadow is going to tell you is think about the paperwork. Um, and it's just not something that we highlight. Um, and it's something that I think doesn't get talked about as much, but it's something that really does make up a huge portion of your time. So it's something to actively think about. I too have this uh, memory of when I was doing my first rotation and uh, I remember speaking to the staff that actually told me that most people will be judging us learners on our ability to collect data, like going through the charts and writing down the past medical history of the patient and whatnot, rather than the time we'll be spending interacting with the patients. And that did really take me aback and make me reflect when I look back on it. Yeah. Okay, so I was just saying, you know, I think that we talked quite a bit about why we wanted to go into medical school and um, how it isn't exactly what we expected in terms of what the kind of work that we would actually be doing, more specifically the paperwork that we would have to do. Um, I think we can move on to kind of the next topic we wanted to approach. So did you think about we talked about the financial security aspect but did you think about like the social prestige of medical school when you were applying the short answer to that question is yes I did kind of you know I think we all fantasize a little bit about what medical school will be and being a doctor and the different perks that come along with that Um, but I think a lot of that comes from you know what we see growing up in like the media and TV and stuff. I remember watching medical dramas and imagining solving the unsolvable cases and all the uh, saving lives and everything like that. It just sounded so uh, glamorous. And uh, I think I would be lying if I didn't say I hoped it would be a little like that, Um, but it definitely is not. And that's okay. Yeah, shout out to Grey's Anatomy and House for making me think that uh, medicine would be as glamorous <laughs> as, as they portray it to be on TV. Um, not that those moments don't occur or that drama doesn't happen. It for sure does in hospitals, but uh, I wouldn't say that it's an everyday kind of occurrence. Um, as for me, I think that, I mean, I don't think it was the main reason I applied and I didn't think that much about it when I was applying either, but I have to say that I was more scared of disappointing like my parents or other people who wanted me to pursue this field for those reasons. I agree. And I think that uh, plays into the whole aspect of it is just a job after all as well, like we talked about before. Um, But I I think uh, one of the things that helps is you got to be able to take the little victories throughout the day too. Um, I got to say like, there are really cool cases in the hospital, but they're often not the ones I remember the most. It's like in the clinic when the little old lady I got a physiotherapy referral for is so thankful and like is effusive, like thanking me over and over again. Uh, those are the things you remember and make you smile and make the day a little easier. It's not the recess case in the trauma bay that was really cool. I don't know. Those are, you know, faceless stories for me, but I will always remember her and how thankful she was and how good that made me feel. I feel like most of my friends think I'm at the hospital saving lives when really like I'm just there to take histories and like write notes. But at the end of the day, I do feel satisfied that like the patients I talk to, 
uh, feel listened and heard and they know that like medical students are going to be the people that will give them most of their time to actually listen to what they have to say as opposed to most like doctors and staff unfortunately that's how the system is like they, doctors don't have enough time to um you know listen to patients full stories but uh yeah definitely not at the point where i'm like saving everyone's lives <laughs> i have to say that i'm nowhere near the point of of saving anyone's life um but like the same thing with with me dakota i really resonate with your story where it's like sometimes the best part of my day is like getting to offer a patient a tissue box while they're crying and like them just appreciating the humanity of that action and it's not the moments of like oh like I caught this really cool finding or like I knew the diagnosis when nobody else knew it like those moments are rare if if not they they never happen but um definitely like the little moments where you just get to show somebody that you care and them feeling validated is like are some of the best moments that I've had in clinic I have to say Okay, if no one has anything else to add to this question, we can move on to the next one. Um, So when you were accepted, did your friends and family kind of hype up what it's like to be a medical student and this glamour that we kind of talked about already? So um, for my part, I feel like some of my family members especially my immigrant grandmother (laughs) and friends outside of medical school do perceive um, medicine as being this like carefully guarded and inaccessible field that is only open to the cream of the crop and to those that prove themselves to be worthy. So um, as a result, I think that some may believe that once you cross those like carefully guarded gates, then you should have no problems powering through the program as you had the skills and the qualities necessary to make it into the program in the first place. So um, as we advance, as learners, as we advance through the years, I think this concept makes it difficult for us to want to share our experiences with people um, outside of medical school and that don't go through the experience because we, we first have to work to break through this illusion that they have and make them grasp that it is definitely not all like glamour or rosy or rainbows and unicorns before like, you know, hoping that they might truly understand and hear what we have to say. And also, I think these uh, glamorous perceptions of medicine can also um, make us fear want, fear sharing our difficulties as, um, like, let's say in the case that they don't necessarily uh, understand what the medical culture is really like, then we may fear that sharing experiences may come at the cost of being perceived as the black sheep of our field. So um, because our difficulties are not well known or openly advertised, Um, You know, I've had some responses where people have told me, you know, oh, I feel like most people I talk to who are in medical school seem to be getting through the program just fine or that they're accepting like inequities or inequalities just fine. So why can't you, you know? Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think that uh, unfortunately, that is a problem that uh, people in medicine deal with, not just during medical school, but during residency and throughout careers as well. Um, it, the culture is still, while changing, not great for being able to open up and talk about struggles that we all have. And, you know, I think it's good to talk about it because we do all have the same struggles, uh, more or less different variations on the same themes. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, with us being the next generation of physicians, we can change that culture even more and make it, you know, a better culture than when we found it, um, and make it more accepting of those challenges that we all face, um, because I think that is a major contributor of to what we see nowadays with so much physician burnout. Um, yeah, no, I really echo what Karin and Dakota have both said. I think that, you know, just like Karin said too, that when you talk to people outside of medicine, because they have this very glamorized view of it, like just like the view that we had of it when before even entering medical school, I think people kind of assume that we have life all figured out and that life will be easy for us from now on because we finally made it, you know? So, I mean, yes, as medical students, we have a certain amount of privilege from being in the field, but it can be pretty frustrating. I find when you try to talk to people about what you're going through, like even outside of medical school, let alone, let's not even go into what it's like to talk about struggles in medical school. But when you talk to people outside of it, it's hard to get through to them 
how much it actually bothers you because they perceive it to be so idealistic. Um, and, and they also don't relate to it, right? So they think that sometimes I'm just being whiny or I should just be grateful for where I am. But just because I'm grateful doesn't mean that I can't go through a hard time while I'm in it at the same time. Um, so for example, like if I talk about mistreatment or like abuse, they kind of don't understand because they think that, you know, you're in medicine, like why wouldn't people welcome you? Why wouldn't people respect you? Why wouldn't they treat you well? But they just have never experienced it firsthand, obviously. And that part of medicine isn't talked about in the general public, obviously. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I remember the times where I'll share my experiences of mistreatment with others, especially those outside of the medical system. They'll often answer with, well, you know, why don't you just report your supervisors? <laughs> and like, you know, it's it's not that easy when that person is the one like filling out your eval when you know where it can travel around. Yeah, I have to say that the friends that I've made in medical school have been like my biggest support group throughout the past three years. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's great to be able to talk to people and I'm just getting it and not having to answer questions about how like clerkship works and like how really how the hospital works really. Um, but sometimes this is kind of a tangent, but sometimes I, I feel that we can also get kind of stuck in those type of conversations where it feels like that's all our friendships can really offer and that um, the conversations that we have with other medical students always revolve around medical school. And I feel like sometimes I start to lose myself uh, and be consumed by those conversations. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes I feel like conversations always center on around like, oh, what specialty choice this person will go for? And sometimes it feels like it's not necessarily that person's personality that will necessarily dictate where they're going. But some people feel like their specialty choice ends up like defining their whole personality and every little action they're doing. So for instance, I don't know, let's say some people talk about this, I don't know, other learner and they'll and they'll be like, oh, well, it's normal that he um, doesn't listen to us as much because he wants to become a surgeon, you know, like stuff like that, which I find really weird. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree. I don't know what it's like at your guys' schools, but I know at my school, people are uh, a little bit uh, guarded about what they share as far as what they're thinking for career choices. And I, I think it stems from not wanting to be pigeonholed in that kind of a way. And I, I totally get it. Um, and it's not even just with students. Like I know there's people who every single rotation they go on, they tell their preceptor they're interested in that specialty, which obviously can't be true for every rotation. And uh, they do it because they're concerned they're going to get a different experience. And the sad part is, is that they're actually right. If, if you tell someone you're interested in a field that they're in, I do, and I've seen it happen where they'll give you more opportunities, they'll let you do more, they'll push you more. And I think you get a far better learning experience that way, which I don't think is fair. Just because you're not interested in a field doesn't mean you shouldn't get that same experience and that same opportunity to try it out. Because who knows, maybe you really like that field, but you never got to get the full experience because you were stereotyped and pigeonholed in this one field, even though you're not even in residency, you're still, you know, you have lots of time to decide and yet everyone wants to put you in, you know, categories already. It's, it's really tough. And it starts from like day one medical school too. Uh, it's not something that just happens later on. So another thing I kind of wanted to approach was that I didn't really expect people to look at family medicine the way that they actually do when you enter medical school, like just, you know, being when you're just a member, of, not just when you're a member of the community um, and you haven't really be, been exposed to medicine and its culture, you think, you know, family doctors are so respectable, uh, respectable. They're so involved in taking care of the patients within their community and that it's a very good job to have where you just get continuous interaction with your patients over time um, and still have financial security, obviously. But the way that people tend to view it in medical culture, at least the way that I perceive it, is that it's kind of the people who just, the way that they see it is that it's the people who didn't have the ambition to go for something harder or don't want to study for very long or just don't have passion almost. But that's a very skewed view because more spending more time studying or training in residency doesn't make you better than anyone else and doesn't make you 
better perceived by your patients. At the end of the day, it's how much you care about your patients and and the amount of effort that you're willing to put into um, making them feel heard and and taking care of them. So I feel like med- medical culture as a whole views family medicine as being this like um, as as being a specialty where people are not passionate, whereas when you actually meet family doctors, a lot of them just care so much. If anything, they're some of the doctors that I I felt care the most about their patients and have a very holistic approach to them, whereas specialists tend to just focus on whatever field they're in and say, you know, that's not my turf. I'm not touching that. It's not my concern. It's not my business. Yeah, that's that's so funny to me because like you can you can almost like feel people like stereotyping actions that certain people do because of that. And it's such a ridiculous thing to just like, like group someone's entire personality and just try to like basket it. Like it's, it's, it's such a bizarre thing that I feel like, like only happens in like this field. Like, like there are definitely stereotypes that exist for like other professions, but like to the extent that like, oh, like if you're, if you're, if you want to be like a family medicine doc, or like, if you want to be like something else, like it's just like that, that can basically define you as a person and like sets the interactions that you have with other people and you know if if you tell someone that you're like working with that that you are interested in something like that like it can totally change the dynamic which is like it it, it's just a bizarre phenomenon for sure yeah i agree and sometimes to other people i feel like they perceive everyone as so basically they see us completing the program and they assume that everybody ends up being a family doctor and that you would have to complete another specialty to become more. And I feel like the people I've spoken to, to whom I've voiced my interest for family medicine, some of them respond with, oh, like, you're just going to give up here. Like, you're not going to do more. But then, like, when is when is enough going to be enough, you know? So it becomes really frustrating explaining my interest for family medicine. I'm really getting tired. (laughs) I have to agree completely with um, what you guys are saying. I've worked with many staff who make comments uh, about family doctors. um, And I have to say that is like the quickest way for me to lose respect for a staff member that I work with. I mean, they may never know that I feel that way about them. uh, But in my heart, I know I lost a lot of respect for them because... I truly believe family medicine is the hardest specialty to be really good at. It is, there's so many things to know and so many things to do, so many things to keep track of for so many different patients that I honestly don't think a lot of specialists could do the job. Uh, And I think the fact that they look down on it and see it as like this default for people who don't, you know, like Audrey said, don't have the passion to pursue anything further, I think is completely wrong. And that, yeah, that is one of the quickest ways for me to lose respect, not just for preceptors, but also for classmates who make similar comments. Like, I just, I can't stand it when people treat other specialties in that way. So I think we kind of covered that topic quite extensively um, about, you know, what what it's like to have these gaps in how people perceive medicine outside of medicine versus how we perceive it when we're inside medicine. Um, I think that it's fair for us to kind of transition back to the original points that we wanted to talk about. Um, So the next question that we kind of wanted to approach was, how does your experience as a student compare to what you imagined it to be? Is it better? Is it worse or just different? Or did you have like 2020 vision into the future and it's exactly the same as what you thought it would be. So I think I've kind of already covered and we've covered together a lot of the different things I wanted to touch on here as well. And, you know, at times medical school has been better than I could have ever have hoped for. And then other times, you know, it's been, it's hit lows that I would have never imagined as well. Um, I think it seems obvious to say that, you know, medicine has highs and lows. That seems really easy to say. Uh, but it's true. It's incredibly difficult for a lot of different reasons. Um, it's emotionally taxing, it's hard work, but I also think it can be incredibly rewarding. Um, and I think, I guess that's why, I guess that's one of the perks I'll say, uh, we go into it is the, the rewards we get hopefully make it worth the, the struggles we go through to get there. 
Um, I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about how my expectations differ from the reality of it. So, I mean, I think that, I like Dakota said, I couldn't have imagined how fulfilling it can truly feel sometimes um, until you actually go through it. But it's not always emotionally gratifying. And there are days that I find just very, very difficult to get to the end of it. Um, clinical rotations can be extremely stressful, especially like, you know, when you're just starting clerkship and as a student, honestly, you don't always feel welcome. And it's not only by like physicians, but also other healthcare professionals sometimes. So I think that I didn't exactly foresee how, how political the hospital can also be and how hierarchical it can be. Um, mistreatment and abuse, of course, that we talked about are also very prevalent and I have to admit that that wasn't something that I foresaw. Like that that's not the sexy parts of uh, medicine that that Grace Anatomy tends to glamorize very much. <clears throat> but um I didn't expect for so many patients to also trust me as much as I as they did they do and trust me more than I trust myself to be honest on most days. So I have to say that I most of the time feel fulfilled when I leave the hospital more than I could ever really imagine. Um, so on the good days, I feel like I make a difference just by being there to listen to patients and to learn. And that, that was a pleasant surprise, but there are definitely some bad parts that I didn't expect. Uh, I think like for me, the biggest thing was just the difference in what I thought I would be doing at this point, like coming in, I, I thought it's, it's honestly naive to think, but like in reality, I just, I don't have a physician parent. I don't really know any, but I thought I would just be like in the clinic, like doing like, not like anything important, but like you'd be like way more involved and it wouldn't be as theoretical and as classroom based as it was. Um, so that was a, a pretty, I wouldn't say like pretty big shock, but it was just a lot different than what I, what I anticipated being. And I thought I would just be more, more useful at this point. Like I thought, you know, after a year in medical school, I thought I would I would be able to like do more and know more. Um, but I, I I realized that I really don't. And it's funny because I think being a medical student, you'll get um, friends, you'll get family that will, you know, ask the most random, like specific questions about medicine that you just you really have no clue what they're talking about. And there's this like almost expectation that, you know, the day that you like the day that you go to class for the first time is the day that you suddenly gain this like brain of knowledge that will just be able to diagnose anything that will pass your plate. Um, that's that's just like a funny thing that I don't I still I don't understand the rationale behind it, um, but it's something that I definitely do face. Um, and that's definitely something that I didn't really expect or imagine coming into med school for sure. Yeah, I agree. And this is also something that's really hard to explain to people outside of medical school, how the hospital works and like how many people you have to go through to confirm that little sentence you wrote in your notes. <laughs> um, so for my part, something else I wanted to touch uh, upon is that, uh, well, for me, my expectations differ from uh, reality in the sense that um, I don't think I really truly realized how much I would end up categorizing the people around me into two boxes so the people that are the well the med people versus the non-med people and having this distinction being a huge determinant of how much and what type of support and understanding I could expect from them and um, also because of how different our lifestyles and mindsets can be from others I realize I sometimes feel like I'm stuck between these two worlds um, with different expectations to meet on both sides. So for me, I think balancing these two worlds has been my biggest challenge still to, to this day. Um, I, I would agree uh, that it's very difficult to balance the two worlds of inside and outside medicine because you can only have certain conversations with people inside and outside medicine. Uh, like Peter was saying, like then navigating the hierarchy, like uh, if you tried to have that conversation with someone who had no experience with medicine or medical school, that would fall on deaf ears. They would have no real concept of what you were talking about. Uh, and that can make it really difficult, especially if, you know, you want to talk about some things you want to 
get it off your chest and have those outlets. Um, but you, you know, you just get that feeling that they might not totally comprehend what you're saying or the, the restrictions that are placed on you. Like, you know, well, why didn't you tell someone or do this or say that? And it's like, they're doing my evaluation. I don't know. I can't say that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's the hardest part of med school. Like, um, Peter was saying, like, there's a ton to learn in the first two years and throughout, and it never gets easier. That's for sure. But, you know, I like to think I have confidence in myself to learn that information over the years. I know eventually I'll get it. Uh, it'll come with time. But I think the most difficult part is dealing with those intimate relationships with patients, with staff, with other allied health in the hospital, because uh, no one teaches you about that. It's just something you're thrown in and it's like, figure it out. And uh, that definitely leads to a, ste- leads to a steep learning curve, um, which is, in my opinion, the hardest part of medical school, for sure. Yeah, no, I, that, re- that sentiment really resonates with me, Dakota. I have to say that I always say this to my, my colleagues and my friends that, you know, I, when I have a hard day at the hospital, I usually find that it has nothing to do with patients. It has nothing to do with seeing a difficult case or, you know, sometimes it has to do with the patient suffering. But a lot of the time when I feel a bit burnt out, it's because of the interactions that I have at the hospital and navigating through these hierarchies and like all the politics and, you know, whatnot. It can be really exhausting. Like already our jobs can be difficult um, with the kind of, interactions that we have with patients when they're suffering but when you add all of that emotional stress from navigating through these different relationships that we have with different people in the hospital it can be very overwhelming um yeah i was also going to say how i didn't expect how like much or often i would have to find myself adapting to different like rotations and situations and scenarios like there is never a proper orientation for us. Like I remember how overwhelmed I felt on my first day of clerkship because I was just thrown into the experience and people, you know, were asking me to, you know, oh, go downstairs and fill out this consult or like be ready at this time tomorrow so we can round. Like what are consults? What What is rounding? Like, I, I don't know. Can someone please explain to me? So yeah, there's like a whole world, like a whole different jargon that like nobody really prepares you for. That actually reminds me of a story from my uh, surgery rotation and clerkship. Um, so when you're, you know, when you're on surgery, often you'll get the opportunity in the ward to cut sutures when they're closing. You may not get the chance to close. It depends on your site and the surgery and things like that. But you often get to hold the scissors and cut the sutures. It's like one of the highlights. Um, but I had a surgeon tell me because every surgeon is very particular about how long they want their sutures cut. Uh, he told me never ask a surgeon how long they want them cut. Just ask them if they want it too long or too short because you're never going to get it right. Uh, and I think that is true in that situation, but it's true throughout med school as well. At some point, you you kind of got to make your peace with the fact that you're probably never going to be perfect and everyone's going to have, have a little bit of a, uh, a problem with the way you do things. Uh, it'll happen where a staff will give you advice one day like, oh, your oral presentations are too short. And then the next day, you'll lengthen them a little bit to try and improve on that. And a different staff will say, oh, well, they're too long. I like them like this. And you, it's just something you have to kind of know that you'll never be perfect. But that part of that is because everyone does things differently. And it's okay to develop your own way to do it. And just know that at some point, there will be no one nitpicking how you do things. And you'll get to set your own agenda. And uh, that thought helps me get through those little comments that I'm like, like what more do you want from me (laughs) okay so um i think we can move on to the next point um if you could go back in time to yourself before starting med school what advice would you offer or what kind of insight do you think you would give yourself i can i can go first because i'm so fresh into it and i'm just more so reflecting on the past year. I think one thing that um, I didn't really, I didn't really heed the advice that I got was like, don't sweat the details. And like, there is such a focus on like minutia and, and just knowing every small detail about every biochemical pathway known to man. Um, But like in the reality, like 
you'll never you'll never see a lot of the things you see again and i think it's enough to just be able to like see them recognize them but like you know grades don't matter i think your your mental health and and like your own perception of yourself matters a lot more and i think a key to that is like finding a balance of like knowing enough that you know you're on track you're going to still be a doctor and and not worrying about those small little things that you know, may crush a test grade, but, you know, won't crush your chances at becoming a physician. So something, you know, the advice I'd kind of give to my myself as a first year is uh, not to be afraid to make mistakes. Um, I think early on, I, I passed up a lot of potentially amazing opportunities because I was worried about making mistakes and seeming perfect and not wanting to take on too much. And while those are very real fears and that's okay to have, I think it's important not to let them intimidate you and keep you from doing things uh speaking specifically in a clinical setting uh when you know when you get there if you're not there yet uh when a preceptor asks you if you want to do something even if you aren't really sure give it a shot they're there they're not going to let you mess up so bad that you're going to cause some detriment to the patient they're there for a reason they're there to teach you but you're never going to learn if you don't take that opportunity. And I think that's something like, you know, when you're uncomfortable, patient comes in with something you're very uncomfortable with, you know, say, Hey, I want to see that patient. I want to try it out. Um, I think that really contributes to your learning. And I think making mistakes is part of the learning process. And I, I, unless you push yourself um, to get out there and try those things, I think you're missing out on a lot of potentially great opportunities in med school and, um, not even in clinical settings, just, you know, joining clubs. I know here at U- the University of Toronto, we do the the Daffy plays that are like theater. And, you know, I never got involved, but, you know, if I could go back, maybe I would have, because it's something I think I might've missed out on. Um, and I think those are the kinds of things that can really enhance your med school experience and don't let fear stop you from doing those things. I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that I wish I could go back and tell myself more than I can probably think of at the moment, but I'll try to sum it up in two or a couple of points. So the first thing that I would say is to myself in the past is to just have confidence in yourself. Um, I think that over the past three years, I was continuously asking myself if I deserved to be there or if um, I was really competent enough to be in this field. And I think it's important to remember that Uh, when you get into medical school, that you worked quite hard to be there. And yes, you have to continue learning and to make mistakes, but that doesn't mean that you aren't made for the field or that somehow like you didn't earn your place either. Um, And and you can't let that, that insecurity or that lack of confidence stop you from going after what you want and from, um, like asking questions during clinical rotations or answering questions that are asked to you because you think, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know the answer. Maybe I can't do this. Um, In the end, you're only going to hinder yourself when you let that get in your way. Um, A second thing that I tell myself is to persevere through the the first two years, I know you're kind of in it right now, Peter. Um, I promise it gets better (laughs) once you get into clinical rotations. I, I remember in my first two years, uh, I was constantly asking myself if I had made the right choice to come into this field because, you know, that classroom learning with all the pathology and histology and all that other stuff, like being crammed into your brain, I think it gets so easy to lose sight of what drove you to applying and why you wanted to go into the field. Um, because it's just not what you imagined it to be. You're like, why am I just cramming all of this information into my brain that I'm not sure will ever even stay in there? Um, and and you want to be interacting with people. But I think that during clerkship, I was able to remember why I was drawn to going into medicine. And that comes from getting to interact with patients rather than sitting in front of a screen looking for certain fibers in a cell. Yeah, and I wanted, uh, I think what I'm about to say will echo what Dakota and Audrey have mentioned, especially on the topic of like insecurity and self-doubt. You know, I've caught myself many times like rethinking twice before saying or doing anything because, you know, I'm afraid of what I'll be, I'll look like to others. Um, So I think, you know, most people who go into med school have this will or desire to um, perform and to please others. 
And so, like I said, I have found myself worrying about how I'm being perceived way, way more than I like, even at the expense of my well-being sometimes, especially as we uh, we advance in this system where we are constantly being evaluated on a daily basis or even like on like a half day basis. Like I've been on rotations where they expect you to hand in like an eval form for like the morning shift and then the evening shift or the night shift, you know, it's never ending. So working on self-compassion is definitely something that has been that has become crucial for me and that still is an ongoing process. So I think I would advise myself to, you know, just be kinder to yourself and to try to not overly worry about what others think. The last question that I've really, really been wanting to hear everyone's answers to is if you could go back in time, would you choose medicine again? Um, so I think for my part, um, like it has already been discussed earlier, I think we definitely don't have enough access to people or resources that truly show us what the medical culture is like and how harsh it can truly get. So, you know, when we decide to apply, I think we're told that, oh, you know, you need to be resilient and strong to get into the program, but not necessarily to what extents and like what type of curves will be thrown at you. So this, these issues are definitely not part of the glamorized, uh, you know, perception or um, picture of what medicine is or the squeaky clean image being advertised. So I think in an ideal world, I, I definitely would have loved having more insight into these challenges before making my decision. But um, however, sometimes like despite the challenges, the more I advance through the program and learn to become comfortable in adapting to all these situations, the more reward and satisfaction I begin to get, especially from interacting with patients and getting to know their stories and seeing how, you know, how grateful they are to have me by their side to listen to what they have to say. So I do see my goals discussed earlier being met in some ways. So I do think I must have made a good decision somewhere. Uh, So I actually think about this question quite a bit uh, throughout my days. There are so many different paths to take uh, in life and I, I don't think any are necessarily better than the others. I certainly have a lot of interests outside of medicine and careers I've thought about that, you know, maybe in another life I would have taken that path rather than the one I'm on. You know, maybe in another life I'm a leading researcher developing a COVID vaccine or a pro athlete or an Olympian or any of the other thousands of careers I considered throughout my life. Uh, and it's fun to imagine sometimes where where else you could be. Uh, that being said, I am very happy I chose medicine and I think I would do it again if I could. There are moments, you know, when you're deep into a call shift, 4 a.m. on the labor assessment unit, seeing a pregnant lady who's delivering, you're sleep deprived, you're hungry, you're trying to remember the thousand different things that can go wrong and to watch for all of them. You're trying to remember that your staff's watching you and you have to be on the ball all the time and you wonder, why did I do this to myself? Why did I do this to myself? Why am I paying thousands of dollars to be here at torturing myself like why am I doing this um, but I think overall the good outweighs the bad and on 99% of the days of the year if you asked me I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else uh, I think I'm pretty like early on enough in like my training where I still kind of like feel the same way prior to as I do now I don't think I'm really like in the nitty-gritty of things and I think it's really hard to color your perception of like what you expect a career to be um, just based off like things that you learn in the classroom. And I think that is also like a gripe that you, you can kind of see with medicine where it's, it's at a point where like you're in too deep where you can finally decide to quit. Right. Um, I think that's, it's kind of like a, you're worried about what you're kind of losing out on if you, if you don't continue on further. And I know that there are definitely cases of people that choose to switch into something else, you know, after finishing their, their medical degree and going to something like consulting or, or health tech innovation. But, you know, those, those people and stories are few and far between, but it's, it's definitely something that should be talked about um, some more. Um, for me though, personally, like going back to the question, like I, I don't think that I would be as happy in a, in a career as I would be in medicine. And again, this is just sort of the naive perception of what I expect my career to be like versus, you know, actually living through it. Um, but I don't think I ever really wanted, you know, a job for the sake of having a job. I think I, I did want to get some sort of fulfillment or sorry, fulfillment, um, out of it compared to, 
you know, just doing a task for the sake of doing the task. And, you know, I think there's definitely careers that you can get that in as well. But again, going back to what I was talking about earlier, medicine kind of checking all those boxes for me, I think being able to have that sort of impact that, that suits my skill set, I think was, was a big pull for medicine to me. And I think that's one that will kind of serve me into the future or so I hope. Yeah. I echo a lot of your sentiments guys. Like, but honestly, when I think about the question, I don't think if I can, I don't think I can have an actual answer to it. Um, I think that medicine, you know, has a lot to offer as a field, but now that I'm older and I see like other people and their careers, I, I realize that's also not the only field that can be fulfilling or that can grant you financial stability or job security. I'm very happy that it's like flexible enough and quite broad enough for me to find what I like within it. But I have to say that, you know, there are a lot of days where I'm like Dakota at 4 a.m. asking myself why I chose to pay money to be experiencing this. Um but I do think that, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, um, and you would never have known the actual reality of what it would be like without experiencing it firsthand. And I have to say that I do feel as though the personal growth that I've had to go through over the last three years is something that I may not have been able to go through otherwise because of how unique the experience of medical school can be. Um, but I, I guess I would do it again so that I could meet everyone that medicine allowed me to meet, um, whether that be the friends I've met, the physicians that I look up to, and even the patients who allowed me to connect with them and taught me so much about myself and about what humanity really is. Um, I think that medical culture has a, a huge way to go and that you know I, I couldn't have foreseen how the problematic aspects of it, but I hope that one day it will become a more healthy environment for learners to be in. And I think that that's exactly why these conversations like the one that we're having today are so important because we can't improve and get better unless we acknowledge that there are problems that exist in the first place. And I think that we have to nurture medical culture with love and talk about these issues openly if we want it to change for the better. Because the great aspects of the job do outweigh the negative aspects, but we can't negate the the negative parts all the same. Okay, so thank you everyone for tuning into the uh, episode of Life as a Doctor to Be today. Um, today we talked a bit about the, our expectations versus the reality of medical school and kind of sometimes how there's a bit of a disconnect there. Uh, these conversations are important to have. Everyone experiences struggles. Everyone goes through the same um, dichotomy between you know what we're expecting coming in and what we're actually experiencing in medical school, no matter what stage of training you're at, uh, it can be very challenging. And I so today was a great time to talk about that, but uh, I encourage you to keep talking about it with others, your friends at medical school, uh, wherever you may be listening from. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it for you. If you would like to reach out, our email address is ldtb podcast committee at gmail.com we would like to thank the cfms our production team co-hosts and other members for making this podcast possible